0: On Agenda we look at the shaming of government by Charles Gard's critical video and the dramatic improvements that followed it, and is enough being done for our footpaths, glens and heritage attractions. We also consider an MLC's bid to improve government support and protection of our built heritage. On Manx Radio, we hear from Marlene Masker, MLC, that rare thing, a politician who knows what she's talking about, and Daphne Kane, a strong champion for our heritage. Does our heritage matter to you? Should we do more to protect it, or is it all a waste of taxpayers' money? You decide. One of the most effective ways of getting things done in government, it would appear, is to make short 15 minute videos. Is it? <laughs> it worked for charles
1: <laughs> oh absolutely well um he did say um when he circulated that to all members he did say that my comments in timwald had inspired the video and i would say i welcome the attention that has got obviously pictures paint a thousand words and the media is potentially more powerful than the humble backbencher because i've been banging on about the lack of investment in our in our heritage in our, you know, the ongoing maintenance of our roads and particularly our footpaths for many years. Um, And in terms of our heritage transport, the state of Douglas Promenade, I think it has got the governments and particularly the Minister Crickle's attention and I'm really pleased to, and hoping for a, a much, much improvement by TT and certainly through the rest of the year and a bit of common sense and putting, in terms of the success of a government or how an administration is judged, what people see as the welcome gateway to the island of Douglas we deserve better, Douglas deserves better and the ongoing maintenance of our all our assets, really, for our visitor offering of our footpaths and our particularly our heritage sites, I would like to see that put on a firmer footing. And I, I think it's very welcome that the public response to Charles's video has been quite so strong and supportive because... I've known Charles for many, many many years when he's done promotional videos for the Isle of Man. And I find this was actually very balanced because, of course, there's still the beautiful shots across Port Erin and the hills. The Isle of Man is an amazing place. We've got a lot to offer visitors. It was welcome to hear on the radio the visitor, the, the hotel owner's Saying visitors are very pleased with the Aleman and they 're delighted with the offering, but we know it could be so much more and I absolutely think that we need to take back the pride in our
0: island and this is not down to just cost, is it i mean there are some elements uh, you know, cost uh, you know, the affordability is is part of this, but most of the things that were demonstrated in charles 's videos if 10,000 pounds wouldn't have 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 gone a good long way into into dealing with this and a few people spending a little bit of time which i understood they 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 did the <laughs> the morning after the video broke um you know it's it's not not big money so when we you know we're not talking about um you know a, a cash strapped department struggling to actually deliver on 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 some of this i think there is an, an argument though that perhaps uh, this is a, a, a kind of a, a statement of where we have ended up as an island. Uh, you know, we have been under funding maintenance now for at least ten. Uh, I think it was two thousand and nine was when the when the first savage cuts started to 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 hit in with with government departments. So, so this is a this has been a long time in the making. Um, you know, Is there any sort of recognition, do you think, in will and across government that we can't carry on underfunding investment in our infrastructure?
1: I hope the message has hit home with Minister Crookle, and certainly from his comments and the fact that department officers were on Marine Drive assessing those very broken down old barriers days after the video came out. I think it has had a positive impact. It will, I think, continue to have more and in terms of its political priorities and the department, the minister, the members are responsible for directing their officers and their budget accordingly. What was very shocking to me as a member of the footpaths committee, the select committee set up to investigate um, David Buttery's petition that we need to do better maintenance or possibly go out to an agency or an alternative way of maintaining our footpaths, highways department came and um officers revealed that, in fact, at the present time, they would need an additional £910,000 to maintain our footpaths to the standard that they would like to, and they don't have that that, that amount of budget. Obviously, there's £360,000, I think, for footpaths, and that includes staff costs. But that's not enough. So when you see DEFA gaining um, a million pounds over several years in order to do the necessary maintenance and structural work within glens as a result of significant rainfall events, which we can argue are not related to climate changes that we are seeing on the island. Um, But the significant amount that's needed for the footpath is revealed. And obviously, in terms of doing Douglas a seawall, a new seawall to protect us from rising sea levels, and also at Laxey, they aren't going to be buttons. They aren't going to be in the few thousands. They will be in the millions. But we need to get on and do that, because without it, we are going to struggle again with events on the communities that leave um, the areas of public amenity in a worse state than they are, you know, and we don't need to have it. We need we need to see investment in things that matter to communities and looking long term future as well as short term um, gains in terms of smartening up the place.
0: That was Daphne Kane, M.H.K. So, what was Marlene Masker M.L.C., up to in April Tinwald? So, Marlene Masker, I, I accused you on our, our April uh, perspective uh, program of having a, a, a very diplomatically worded motion that uh, couldn't possibly uh, go wrong, um, and yet it it did eventually get uh, amended by the, uh, the 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 dark forces of government. Uh, but but you're generally content with the way the debate went.
2: I am, and. Um... In fact, it was almost like a landslide, really, in terms of the voting. And what I wanted to do, instead of taking uh, what might be perceived as a negative approach, I could see with this new administration and uh, at the beginning of this administration, relatively, um, that there is a a new heart and a change of approach. And I thought, now is the time to try and capture that with our new members uh, put a little bit of vision out there. There's also new opportunities in terms of different departments working across government in a joined-up way. And I thought, we need to harness that, try and repair some of the the, the omissions and the gaps of the past in terms of building uh, conservation and our heritage. And I thought, the big thing I want to do is to get this select committee over the line because we actually... We can look at whatever we feel is appropriate, given the the, the breadth uh, of the motion. And so I was happy to work with the department to broaden, um, maybe dilute some of the points. But I felt that there was not a great deal to be lost because, uh, for instance, one of the the amendments was that uh, something could be done, not should be done. And this is in terms of future investment uh, and different schemes that are being proved in other jurisdictions. Jurisdictions, and um, I thought, well, yes, uh, let's explore, let's investigate, and uh, and at least the select committee can do their work and get on with the job that uh, has been missing for a long time.
0: And I suppose that you know, it would be useful if we go to back to first principles with this. What you know what what was the what was the thinking behind bringing this motion? I mean, you you've obviously. Uh, you, you, Before you became a member of the Legislative Council, you've had a a strong interest in our island's built heritage, Um, but uh, why why did you think it was so important to bring this motion forward?
2: Um, Well, as you've alluded to, I was the island's first building conservation officer. The task I had facing me when I took that role in 1995, I think it was, um, there'd never been a building conservation officer before. And I think everybody thought that I would be able to do everything overnight and working on your own and against um, maybe attitudes that didn't really appreciate or understand building conservation. I had a, an enormous task and then I, I left that role um, after 10 years. During that time, um, it was great that I got political support uh, to introduce a grant scheme. That did make a difference, and I alluded to this in the the motion in Tynwald in the debate, that um, you could see that when that scheme was pulled um, in 2015, I think was the last budget it received, um, the the, the quality and the approach to repairs of older buildings gradually was diluted, uh, which is very unfortunate, and I think we could see that building owners take on a big task when they take an older building on, as probably you're aware, Phil. And um, for government to maybe put restrictions on conservation areas and registered buildings, it needs, I would say, to to sustain the support and, and help owners and occupiers uh, with the repair of what, after all, is a very important part of our unique heritage. And when that scheme was pulled and I was no longer in the department, Steve Moore took over um, from me, um, there has been a dilution and um, for quite a few years there was no conservation officer or a registered buildings officer and again no one to turn to for specific advice. Um, as part of my role in Culture vannon I chair the building conservation forum which is made up of um, very knowledgeable people from across our community and people like Charles Gard, Peter Curley, Frank Cowan, Tony Pass, the um, the archdeacon that was, and I, I hope the new archdeacon will come and join us. Membership from Max National Heritage, and the thoughts of that forum have been for some time that we need to actually take a motion to Tim Wold and really try and refresh the the examination of this important topic before we lose much more of of our val- valuable heritage. So, um, it, the colonel was 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 there in the Building Conservation Forum. And what I then had to do was decide um, what the timing would be. And to, to do it at the end of an administration, I felt was not really the right, the right timing. And so, hence, I brought this motion, which is broad, but um, we've almost breathed a sigh of relief um, that at least we've taken a step forward and there's great potential to do joined up thinking with all the sections of government
0: because of course members of the public are, are thinking well on the one hand you you hear um the comments that um, we, we, this is a luxury we can't afford to be spending money on things like this when we've got a uh, you know a cost of living crisis we've got a housing crisis uh, some um, people even bel- uh, agree that we have a climate emergency to address um, but on the other hand, uh, people are very quick to point out that the Isle of Man is looking a little bit shabby and that um, you know, some of the historic buildings perhaps aren't looking as as good as they should be. Uh, there's not enough money being invested um, on the, the sites by Manx National Heritage. Um, so... So it it there's there's that kind of juxtaposition there between the two uh, uh, there's a, a conflict between the two uh, kind of opinions that are often expressed uh, on heritage. I mean, it, it this is a fix that needs money putting into it, isn't it?
2: Indeed, and um, again in bringing the motion, I was conscious we're we're at a time as such as we've we've. N- never known really in my lifetime before, except maybe when I was quite young and there seemed to be a bit of a depression and property prices went down. And But equally, as, as I said in Timwald, um you actually, you have to step back a little bit. Look at what we have. Look at our wonderful island. What makes it so special? Um, well, it's a mix of everything. And our biosphere status tells us that as well. And OK, money... It's not a bottomless pot of money and people, um, the day-to-day cost of living to the, the man and woman in the street is is more dire than than I can recall as well. But also, you have to look at what we're trying to do to say to, to the world, look at our island, what a special place this is. What are people going to come and look at if we allow everything that makes us special to to, to be removed or diluted or you get these gaps opening up and then once one building has gone, it doesn't take much for the rock to set in and it move along a terrace or along a frontage. So again, we are so privileged to call this island our home, to come home to this island when other people across the world, their homes are being ripped from underneath them. There's a war going on. And and this is what I said. OK, it's, it's it might be two sides of the same coin and people do have differing opinions. But if we just allow everything to be eroded and destroyed, we might as well just become an adjunct to that bigger place across the Irish Sea. What makes us different is what needs to be protected and valued. and And that's where I'm coming from. And if we actually do join our forces with other sections of government, for instance, you you've referred to a possible climate change. I do believe um, that we do have a climate emergency. In my lifetime, I can remember patterns, and I can I can remember astronomically high tides and and flooding events, but maybe not so extreme and the frequency that we we see latterly now. Um. So it 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 is the two sides of that coin and i think um for instance if there are grants going to become available if we're going to upskill to address insulating and protecting our buildings re-roofing using traditional materials in in a a, a new skilled upskilled way using our local materials why wouldn't we um, and so that can be done hand in hand with appropriate repairs and upgrades to existing buildings. And the carbon footprint that's embodied within an existing building, um, it's there and it should be used in the formula to calculate that carbon footprint. You knock a building down and it goes into a hole in the ground. You've lost all the invested carbon in that building. And then you have to go and find new materials that are carbon-rich and maybe use oil products in their manufacture. Um, We need to be looking at this through a different lens and again I'm hoping that's going to be part of the dialogue and the exploration that this select committee can do.
0: And of course one of the the most uh, carbon uh, intense uh, materials used in modern modern, or indeed any sort of uh, building is cement Mm. and Mm. um, You'll know as as a a, a buildings expert that um, if you use lime, um, lime is is a much better uh, material to use in terms of making sure that walls stay dry. And one of the the biggest ways in which you can lose heat from your house is through damp walls. So so uh, clearly, um, lime use of lime a, a very traditional material something that we have plenty of on the island potentially a new um, industry could be created Um, these are the sorts of areas perhaps that your your select committee that's what I have in
2: my head and and the select committee I'm so fortunate you know that people did vote for this motion and voted for really good membership so alongside me will be Bill Henderson MLC and and also Jason Morehouse MHK for Castletown um, we actually haven't had chance to meet yet. It's been such a busy kind of two or three weeks, and uh, but we once we meet and outline our thoughts together as to how we can approach this important topic. I, I'd like to think that one of the, the matters we look into and take evidence on is the potential use of local traditional building materials, including lime. And as you've said, um, uh, lime is a really important and local. In, ingredient and it enables a traditional building to breathe. And uh, when you coat it in in, in a layer of cement, what happens is the hairline cracks open up, then you get the water going in through those hairline cracks. And the next thing, the water's appearing on the inside of the wall because of the temperature differential. You'll end up with an older building that's then got inbuilt problems of dampness and So I'd like to think that we'll be able to take evidence from people who've got that kind of expertise. I know um, that the the newly appointed or recently appointed architect, John Paul Walker from Manx National Heritage, he will be able to talk to us about his experience as well in the use of traditional materials. And um, it's not gonna be a perfect world. We won't have the answer to every problem. But um, I think we'd lo- we'd be in a position, hopefully by December, to really give some exciting and interesting options when when we go back to Timewold with our report and recommendations.
0: One of the, the things that one of your members, uh, one of the members of the committee, um, Bill Henderson, mentioned in his uh, remarks in in the the debate was the um, uh, that he'd spent some time in in Llandino, uh, recently and he remarked that it it remained as a very beautiful and pristine Victorian promenade, whereas, uh, you know, compare and contrast with the Isle of Man, uh, we've allowed over the years various gaps uh, to appear in that beautiful Victorian façade. And of course, one of the things about heritage in particular, you know, people, people sort of say dismiss spending on heritage at, in times of financial difficulty and say, you know, this is a luxury we can't afford, um but actually people come to places because they look good and they look nice you know we're talking about uh, increasing the uh the tourist uh footfall to half half a million uh, tourists well there has to be something to attract them there so so is that uh, again is that something that you'd be looking at I mean you couldn't really retrofit modern buildings with a, a Victorian facade but um is is that an important issue
2: absolutely and uh... I think the island is fantastic and although some parts have been eroded, it's really good in other parts. And so um some of some of the initiatives that have happened in other jurisdictions look at, at group value. And so we have Douglas conservation areas, some of the squares, the promenade. What we don't have is any enhancement schemes that will encourage people to reinvest in those properties. I'd like to think that um as I've said, like conservation and green grants may go hand in hand, but help people retain that pride in in their built environment. Um, I also, when you you look, um, when you come back to the Isle of Man on the boat or you're flying over the island and you look at what we have and then you go over one of our townscapes and you see that group value, you look at the fantastic aerial views that Charles Gard has produced on some of his videos of... The footprint of the squares and the terraces, not just in Douglas, but you look at the unique uh, views of our towns, Castletown, its local limestone, Peel, its wonderful red sandstone. The north, more vernacular, more humble buildings in the northern plain. But then Ramsey has its own unique Victorian and some Georgian terraces as well. So, as you say, people... They, they come to this island, they go away with this amazing, most people with a love for the island and a lot of people want to come back again and again. It's our duty to try and retain that interest and protect our valuable and unique heritage and make the island the special place it is so that we're not just the same as anywhere else you might go to that has the same you know, 1950s, 60s, 70s, cladding and concrete. There's a place for those kind of structures as well. And a good building should be able to stand up in its time. But it doesn't mean to say that you have to demolish everything and replace. There's there's getting that balance between conserving and preserving the best and allowing really exciting new possibilities as well. So I'd like to think we'll be looking at at other jurisdictions and the schemes that are working there. And I was talking to Mr. Henderson, he was relating to me how it had struck him how well preserved the land did frontage frontages. And I suspect we will be looking at that. And um, I, I, I would, I would actually suspect as well that there are some uh, financial schemes that assist owners, even if it's just painting and, and, improving the envelope of the building, as I would call it, making sure it's watertight and uh, is fit, again, for its its existing use and also to go into the future.
0: There are some very interesting ideas there from Marlene Masker, but can we afford to save our decaying built heritage? At a time when people are struggling to meet their basic needs, can we really justify spending big bucks on old buildings? On the other hand, isn't our rich heritage one of the strong reasons why people visit the Isle of Man and one of the attractive features about living here? Please get in touch with Phil Gorn at manxradio.com and let me know your thoughts and views on the programme. But for now, I'm Phil Gorn, Guru you. thanks for listening.